Welcome to whatever we are. I'm Henry Rains. I'm Mark Edge. And we are what? Uh, Rains and Edge. Rains and Edge. Edge and Henry Mark. <laughs> I don't. I, you know, too familiar for the audience. You don't want them to be like our buddies. I I just feel like Rains and Edge flows off the. Uh, the sir and yes, sir. <laughs> How about the Henrington Herald? <laughs> that has a ring to it. Right. We could do uh, Reg. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe we could have a contest. I, I certainly anybody who wants to email in their suggestions on what we call this show, uh, they're welcome to do it at mark at freetalklive dot com. Speaking of which, this show we are under the Free Talk Live umbrella. Yeah, Free Talk. This show was brought to you by Free Talk Live um, because they have been kind enough. I have been kind enough <laughs> to uh, <laughs> allow me on the air. Um, uh, but yeah, that's the that's the whole idea. This is I the, wish you'd be kind to yourself. <laughs> I, there's I, there's, there's in the decades I've known you, there's been times you haven't been kind to yourself. I, I am particularly good at it these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's an evolving, evolving talent. Indeed. So, uh, more or less, you know, the Edgington Post is a show that I've done for a long time. We used that uh, name last week. I don't have a problem with that, but I just feel like if you're going to be doing more than half the work, you ought to get some kind of uh, credit <laughs> on the name of the show. My work has value? Yeah, your work has value. Oh, well, well, that's good to know because some people, I guess, will will find, don't think work has value. Some people overvalue their work, I believe. I believe they do, too. But we have topics that are uh, in line here. I know you've got some things you want to talk about, but some of the things that uh, I started looking up over the course of the week that we can talk about just to let the audience know that we don't just wing this stuff. <laughs> Not seat of the pants here in the luxurious. Can we tell people where we are? Sure. We are in the luxurious recording studio of WWPR in Tampa Bra- Bay, yeah. Bradenton. Yeah. I mean, the, the greater Tampa Bay urban metro area. Although Bradenton, when we were growing up, was a small town, it really is a metro area almost to itself. And with, uh, Can you imagine there's going to be a million people in this county Hopefully, before we both leave this county for good. <laughs> There's going to be a million people in Manatee County specifically? Yes. And wow. Sarasota County will have a million. Wow. Right now, we are at about 400,000, and they are just uh, making, not to go too local, everybody, but it, one thing about Florida. Cause well, I, I think that it's national you news. You can just are plow over. the fields and just put up tracks and tracks of houses yeah. until the, you fill the whole state up. Right, it's flat. It's and, and they've filled about half this county, and they're going to fill the other half, and then we'll start somewhere else. The uh, I think this is interesting. So Manatee County, uh, which is where y- you grew up. When, it was, when I was in high school, there were about 40,000 people here. I think when you were in high school, maybe 70-plus thousand. Yeah. And we both grew up in the same county, same area. And it's, I mean, it's it's amazing how much it's all changed. I still have this bias against Bradenton. I'm a I'm pro Sarasota guy, and Sarasota is like the uh, the fancy sister of uh, Bradenton, and I would prefer to live there. But I really grew up in Bradenton. Well, 
Now both Bradenton and Sarasota have the rich uncle <laughs> that has dropped into their life called Lakewood Ranch yeah. and is spreading out over both the uh, the greater metro areas. Yeah, Lakewood there. Ranch wisely does not want to be called Bradenton, even though they are in Manatee County. And for whatever reason, people call everything in Manatee County Bradenton, unless it's north of the unless river. Unless you're in Lakewood Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lakewood Ranch, they definitely are trying to not be called Bradenton. I remember... 30 years ago. Boy, we really are getting lo- local now. Uh, when my daughter was still in nursery school, and uh, I don't know if with your son, if you remember, if he had uh, friends at, in his sub-five-year-old age that they had birthday parties. Oh, sure. But, you know, periodically you get invitations to those. And uh, my wife and I, uh, our daughter's mother, of course, <laughs> we had a birthday party, and I said, where are we going? She goes, well, it's out in Lakewood Ranch. Now, I grew up here, Yeah. right? And I said, what is Lakewood Ranch? And she goes, oh, it's some trendy place they're trying to build. Oh, you hadn't heard that? No. Okay. This would be when Janet was about three or four. Okay. So a good 30, almost yeah, 30 90s. years ago, three decades ago. Yeah. And I was, we drove out there. And and remember, like if you're in Delaware, you drive across the, the state in I don't know what an hour. Can't be too long. <laughs> yeah, but this Florida, you you can spend several hours just trying to get from one side to the other, much less from the top to the bottom, or out to the Panhandle. But anyway, we're driving out there, and I'm like. You know, we're passing the cow pastures and everything This else. is never going to work. No one wants to live <laughs> no, out here. <laughs> right. Who would want to live out here? There isn't a 7-Eleven where, where I can see. So I have a Much funny... Much less a Publix. I have a funny Lakewood Ranch story. Um, as yeah. you know, my mother moved here in 1963, which is... Well, I didn't know that, but I can imagine so. Be, even before you. <laughs> no, I was here in 57. 57? You were born in 57? Well, I was born in 57. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I thought and you I was born that. at Manatee Memorial Hospital. Yeah. yeah. I was born at Sarasota Memorial. I no wonder uh, you're so fancy. Stuckety up in <laughs> Sarasota. Oh, that's where I was born. So we lived out on um, in East Manatee County uh, as I was growing up, and we would go by Schrader Manatee Ranch every day. Yes. And cows? Uh, yep. Uh, lots of cows, lots of palmetto bushes. Uh, barbed wire fence and that's about it sometimes they'd burn um they burn the the palmetto bushes just to keep them back so my mother actually was the she was the second female field engineer for uh general telephone electronics in the state of florida general telephone electronics that sounds familiar gte was your former uh telephone company before verizon that that was back when we had a home phone that you plugged into the wall. That's right. So Verizon bought them. And everybody on the block was also on that same line. And you'd pick it up and you'd have to find out if somebody else was talking or listening to what you were saying. Yeah, that's true. It was a, uh, that's a party line. So then we got fancy dancy because my dad had to travel the south. And so we got a private line. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom actually did all the telephony out there in what is now Lake She's Ranch. psychic? <laughs> <laughs> not telepathy. Oh. Uh, so she did all the lines for the phones and everything that, I mean, they were trying to figure out this internet. So they put in fiber optic cable out there um, because they knew it was going to be fancy, but they didn't really know now, what. When was, when did they put that out? This would have been late eighties, early nineties. And she was, by the way, had to sign a non-disclosure. They yeah. They, they knew that the internet was coming back in the eighties. They knew that people would want fiber optic lines. 
that it was a better technology. So they could see through the telephone. <laughs> so they can uh, just hear better. Right. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Clarity. Remember the MCI with the pin drop? Um, their their whole thing was is they've got a uh, fiber I, optic I, network. I, I even remember MCI. Yeah. Another thing that's, man, we're old. <laughs> I knew I was old, but you are so old, too. <laughs> I, I know. You know when, when I was when, a boy when, when working we, for you. <laughs> when we were first uh, first met each other, you were less than half my age. <laughs> and now you are like almost catching up. 70% of my age. <laughs> you are going to become older than me before we're finished with this. Well, it's true. <laughs> At some point, you're going to stop aging, Henry, unfortunately. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just mold. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I used to work for you when I was uh, from the time I was 12 to the time I was 18 uh, at a comic book and store. And I always gave your work value. <laughs> well, yeah, I felt like it. Um, yeah. You gave me raises without me asking. People don't for know it. what we're talking about. Well, yeah. Before this, we were talking about somebody that thought work should be free, and somebody else thought something else should be free. And we may get into that yeah, depending may, on if we have enough time. Sooner or later, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into all that. There's some important news with, uh, well, sex in Ohio, I think. Yes. Well, that, thank you for that segue because I did have that pulled up. And then my, we talked so long, the screen on my laptop went black, and I had to rub it a little bit to get it go- feeling. You know how it is. You I know the feeling. You've got to rub things a little to get it working. Uh-huh. Um, but it's working now, and Ohio Republicans are in your bedroom, or the, the generic, the, the royal your bedroom. <laughs> and uh, also, just following along with some of these topics, you know, RFK Jr., we talked about the big drunken journalist farting party that dinner party that he was at and uh being very presidential there we thought uh at least being able to handle the farting crisis sufficiently presidential but but that's the story that keeps on giving because he verbalized there that covid targets jews and caucasians and no i'm sorry i misspoke there it targets caucasians and blacks and is um, not so targeted at Jews and other ethnic groups. Uh, we'll get into that because I've got his actual audio here. Okay, and, uh, that and sounds then, like crazy. And then tough. there's this new vi- music video, country music video. Um, Try that in a small town by Jason Aldean. I, I I hear with the kids. He's you know the kids later are like. 40 <laughs> right he, he's a big deal with them uh that that's uh some people are calling the song racist but cmt country music television for those out there that don't aren't in the know about that uh have pulled that video off the air and showing you that uh the voice of the people that buy the stuff the sponsors sell uh still has pull with uh people in in high places that which was another you know i have no i had never had a doubt they they yes the the people that care have friends in high places yeah uh, much like garth brooks yeah see i'm pulling out now i have no cultural references from the last 10 or 15 ever since i got hearing aids and, and, and i i can still listen to music at home and enjoy it but with the sound of the car and my hearing aids i just listen to talk radio or podcast or things like that because it's a lot more clarity so i've i've i'm but if you keep having me back here i guarantee you i will be uh up to date on all the cultural trends 
in a year or two. Well, you'll be better off than I because I certainly won't be. Uh, Florida has also approved. Not now. This this is a national movement. It's not local, folks. We're we're not going hyper local on you just because Mark and I are going down memory lane here. But Florida has approved controversial uh, African American history standards. Some of which is to let the students that are being educated here uh, that the Educate them about slavery and the great technical skills that were taught to the slaves <laughs> to help them improve their lot. Also, I thought this for your libertarian audience, all your audience uh, should be interested in this, but especially those libertarians. Uh, the Fed now, the instant payment services, not to be confused with central bank digital currencies, which we already have a law in Florida that we will not allow that here. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> you got anything you want to throw into all this mix? I do have some more, but uh, I don't want to say any. I don't want to tease you anything extra. Us? Yeah, I don't want to tease anything uh, extra with all the stuff you've got. Well, you know, then let me just try and surprise you. Do you have a condom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no! Sorry, you can't use those. What are you talking about? Who are you? I'm your Republican congressman. Now that we're in charge. We're banning birth control. This is our decision, not yours. Get out of our bedroom. I won the last election. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to watch and make sure you don't do anything illegal. What happened to that guy that made the him old giggle? Republican voyeur that was, uh, <laughs> my goodness. She, He's really the... Uh, they, the the couple is in very good condition, I excellent. must say. You, you haven't seen the video. The video is facing me. for the, uh, So I'm the eyes of the audience right now. <laughs> And uh, I would suggest you, and you got an interest, it should follow up and, and watch well, the video. They can certainly see the video, uh, no doubt about it. But Republicans uh, have been guilty, or at least accused, of being in people's bedrooms for a long time. What is it that the Republicans in Ohio specifically are doing right now? Well, that is going to require me another to click here to be sure that I tell you this Cause, accurately. I mean, I, I, certainly abortion, uh, the, the Republicans are the dog that caught the car on abortion here in the, the recent no, past. Oh, that means that the dog didn't know what to do with it. The, the Republicans seem to be uh, have plenty of plans. It's just not a good plan uh, uh, for electoral. It's, it's an almost predictable plan. Yes. Well, well the co- commercial was done by the Progress Action Fund. Uh, which some Democratic lobby group has. And if you fed. think that Republicans' opin- opinion on abortion stinks, wait till you hear mine. All right. Well, I will do that in just a minute. So anyway, this was uh, is scheduled to uh, on August eighth. Ohio uh, will require that uh, a, a vote on the proposition that require that any proposed amendment to the Constitution of the State of Ohio receive the approval of at least 60% of the eligible voters voting on the proposed amendment. Um, now, what that is in response to, see, it's hard to draw that straight line from yeah. the, the very excitable woman yes. and, and man in the commercial to the old white guy and to voting yes or no on something that has to do with math on, on a... but. Let's parse this just a little bit. Okay. Uh, in the state of Florida... Because I need some help parsing it. I yes. don't understand yet. Well, you know, in the state of Florida and many other states, you have uh, constitutional amendments or propositions that are put to the voters sure. to decide because, uh, you know... In Florida, they're constitutional amendments. Every place else, they're referendums, right? Uh, no, they can be different things. Yeah, they can be different things. I mean, like California has proposition <laughs> this and proposition Call that. it a plebiscite, just for yep. uh, general 
purposes. Anyway, it's a it's the people having a say in what happens. And since the Supreme Court decision uh, overturning Roe v. Wade and putting it back to the states, many states, even very conservative states, I think Kansas was one of them, where when it's put to the voters, they don't want the very strict abortion standards. I tend to think that's true. And so and then they are voting by surprising numbers. Now, this is not good for the Republican politicians that are trying to make stricter standards and cater to their Base. Um, base. And and more and more around the, the country and the states and localities, you pander to the base because they there's been more and more successful uh, ways of manipulating the voting process to keep the, the wider voting population from voting, not, not from going to the voting, but from having a say in the vote. And so like here in Florida, we had 51 percent or 50 percent plus of one vote. Uh, would pass a constitutional amendment, and then there I was, it was a 60. movement. Okay, it is okay, but that's how we started. Okay, and then it was like, oh, the we had a, the pregnant pig uh, amendment. Which, yes, that's right. Which was the one they would use. Oh, what, what, what did the people have the right to tell some farmer that he can't keep his pig in a tiny uh, confined space when the, when she's pregnant? And we can. That that sounds like a real libertarian argument too, but we'll put that aside because what it, having I, had pigs by by the way, I have an opinion I, on this subject. Well, well, we've got lots of opinions that we're we're not going to fit into today, but just to, for the sake of this story, which I thought was going to be a quick story, uh, we, so with that here in Florida. Uh, we had a constitutional amendment to change the constitutional amendment process that would require 60% of the vote. Okay, so now that there's, there's some reasonability to that in that you don't want to frivolously change uh, laws and maybe people don't you really understand. You mean like the super fast choo-choo? The one that was going to go from Miami to Orlando to Tampa? Do you remember this? Back in the, I, I, rem- I don't remember everything but the sound effects. Every back in the early early aughts, maybe uh, you know the people of Florida voted. Yeah, I'd love to have a super fast choo choo that runs from uh, you know Miami, Orlando, Tampa, and then after about five years, a whole bunch of donuts and uh, you know a lot of plans and billions of dollars, they voted. Huh. Turns out the government's not the best organization to uh, run this. Maybe we should vote it back out. Okay. Well, people, you can absorb that. (laughs) And and we'll go back to math. (laughs) So the math was, let's make a little bit bigger majority has to vote for it so that we know people have really considered this and that it truly is the will of the people. You know, you could use... um, Brexit, for example, over in Great Britain, which would be uh, talk about not being a local example, where right. it, that passed, and then they had a lot of buyer's right. remorse on that vote. Brexit was done with fifty uh, percent plus but, one, but still, so sixty percent. And I think that's wrong. Some I think things, that to change something as big as being in the EU or not being in the EU, it should be sixty percent of the people. Oh, well, I will let my son-in-law know about that. I, I think he would agree with you, actually. It, but so sixty percent, though, still that is a reasonable thing. You're going to change that. But now they're saying 60% of the eligible voters. Here comes the math. Okay, 
So lots of times, we don't even get 60% of the eligible voters to vote. But if 60% of the possible voters went to vote, every single one of them would have to vote for you know, whatever it is. And in this case, it is not restricting abortion to the six weeks or whatever the, uh, the current state de jure and law de jure that is being proposed in those state legislatures. So the suggestion is, let me get this straight, The in Ohio, they're saying that 60% of voters, not voters, but eligible voters, Yes. so everybody who could vote, not the ones that do vote, but could vote, right. must approve any change to a six-week time frame on uh, abortion. So to make it longer, right, like, you know, yeah. um, I think Ireland is the uh, first trimester or right. something like that. Yeah. And if you don't eat, even if you don't get a 60 percent voter turnout, nothing passes. Yep. And, and just for an example, here in, in our county and around Florida, but in our county in particular, Manatee County, we only had 20 percent of the eligible voters vote for county commission. And that has to do with some of the reforms that politicians have put in, which I say narrows down the amount of people that can vote. Well, this this is following along that line. But uh, I guess, I think the vote is on August 8th. So, so if they can change the vote to make it this way, can they not well, then when uh, Democrats get in, and they will, uh, especially in Ohio, which is a swing state. I, I, I'm not understanding your question. Can they uh, just undo this particular law? Is it a law? You mean is if the legislature could? Yes. Well, I mean, if they can put it in place, they can un- they can take it out of place, right? But this is the the concept. The short answer must be yes. That legislature could overturn laws, yeah. but if it's voted, if the if the people were to vote for a proposed amendment, not this proposed amendment, right. and pass it saying there could not be restrictions on a woman's right to an abortion, then, because it would be in the Constitution, it would take a constitutional amendment to overturn that constitutional amendment. So that's a, this is be a like prohibition. Amendment. Yeah, you know, they, you need a constitutional amendment to. Oh. This is a so this is a uh, constitutional amendment that will be voted on by the people of Ohio. Yes. Okay. Well, I would have to say that I think that the standard by which they are judging is too high. The sixty percent of eligible voters. Yes. It's, it's <laughs> well, a, that is the point. And, uh, but they're using the numbers to make it seem reasonable by saying el- the, the word "eligible" matters. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. 
Thanks to the Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. It's the Reigns and Edge show here on the Free Talk Live Network. I'm Mark Edge. I'm Henry Reigns. Yeah. And, uh, well, we're doing a radio program here for you. Some would call it that. <laughs> Someone up in New Hampshire might call it something totally different. We don't have that many stations it's, in New Hampshire. It's the latitude. Well, I'm thinking of one person in particular. Oh, okay. I would say what they are doing is a bunch of radio. That's right. Horse hockey. So, uh, yeah, what do we got? We're, uh, we were talking about my opinion on abortion yes. after we were talking about the uh, Ohio law. It was a pregnant pause on your opinion of abortion. Indeed. It had to get across the messages that we were playing there. So, uh, the, basically the reason is, is that there's this uh, kind of ridiculous law that's uh, being run past the, the Puebla site that's being run pl- past the voters in Ohio. That would require 60%, 6-0% of eligible voters, not the people who went out and voted, but the people who could have gone out and voted right. to vote to change any laws, uh, any constitutional amendments yes. here and out. And in almost every election in the United States of this America, uh, it's lucky you're lucky to get 60% turnout of the eligible voters. Right, so they'd all have to vote for it. Much less un- unanimity. So, uh, and, and basically, in my opinion, the Republicans are like the dog that caught the car on abortion, that they really, these politicians know that their opinion really isn't going to fly, um, that America doesn't want this, you know, total ban on abortion, that the vast majority of Americans want to, I, I think that it's completely fair to put a time limit on abortion. Um, they do that in Ireland. It seems to work out reasonably well. Now, I'll address that too, because it's worth pointing out. The vast majority of partial birth abortions, the ones that are allowed in crazy states like New York and all that stuff, the vast majority of those, in fact, I would go so far as to say all in a hyperbolic sense, are... Women, statistically all. Yeah, statistically all are women who their life is in danger. Yes. And now, you know, nobody's getting up to eight months and saying, oh, I need an abortion. Like, yeah, I changed my mind. The reason you can't understand that is because it's not happening. It is bizarre. And we don't need politicians hopping in. If a doctor felt like a woman was killing her baby because she just didn't want it or she was cruel, or whatever, which there are cruel Mentally people. Mentally ill, yeah. unstable, etc. They probably just wouldn't perform the procedure. I think a doctor should be able to say whether or not he, he or she perform a procedure. They shouldn't be forced into it, in the same way that I believe that a baker should be able to decide what kind of cakes they make, and uh, website developers should be able to decide what kind of websites they want to make. All right. Well, we're you're, you're you're baiting me to go somewhere else on that. But but here's my but, opinion. But, but one Why more thing we... on your original point. Yeah. Even a doctor in an abortion clinic is not going to perform a, an abortion on a third trimester uh, pregnant woman 
just because she says, uh, I'm not, I'm not in on this anymore. Yeah. It's, it seems unlikely. So to me, uh, you know, when you're talking about the vast majority of a group not doing it for that reason, we don't need legislation to cover that. Um, and, you know, why do we want women who don't want their children to have children? I don't know. Just it. I mean, this is like <laughs> prisons full of unwanted kids. Do we need more there? Well, let's let's go to the other end of the the scale here because what is happening here in uh, Florida? We passed a law in this previous legislative session that was much stricter, and I'm thinking it was a. I I, I hate to say this because I didn't prepare. Uh, to know what the law that they want to change already yep. is. But they want to take the the new law that is more restrictive than uh, than the, what the more let's put it this way. It's more restrictive than what the standard was under Roe v. Wade, which was viability. Sure. That that was a, a, a benchmark. Yep. And and viability wasn't a number of weeks because viability became uh, a shorter period of time uh, uh, because medical technology allowed it to become a shorter period of time. So viability of li- the baby living outside of the mother. Right. The, but th- where f- the state of Florida and where a lot of these states want to go now is six weeks. Right. Heartbeat. Uh, is that the, when the heartbeat is? I think the heartbeat's even earlier than that, but six weeks. But, so, but the heartbeat really, yeah. really isn't. The heartbeat, as though it were going to, the heart would continue. To I'm be. not. I don't get into this much. Yeah. Look, I. But get, anyway, six weeks, and the point being that a lot of people, a lot of women, uh, <laughs> men, men, I don't think ever have to try and figure this one out, but wouldn't really know that their monthly cycle has even been off because that's in the normal variation of uh, a woman's menstrual cycle. Not not common, but it, it can happen, especially if you're right. on... You could barely know in six weeks whether or not you're right. pregnant. Yeah. And I would agree with that. One thing that, that, that kind of always concerned me about this is it seems so strange that Republicans want so badly... Well, here's the question that I was going to ask you. Do you think more Republicans or Democrats get abortions? I think more poor people get abortions. Well, d- have, have you yet answered my question? I don't know the answer, but I would think that if more people, poor people are getting abortions, it could be more Democrats getting abortions. Yep. But I don't have any real. The other thing that we well, should it's, also it's say very about the, these, these more restrictive is there's no exception for uh, rape or incest. And also the what we've already found on some of the non-six weeks, just the, the more restrictive uh, laws that have passed without the exceptions – uh, that you have women crossing state lines because the doctors are afraid in the state where they are, where their health and life is in danger, to perform the abortion. Sure. Right. Uh, abortion tourism is very likely to occur, and they're going to try to pass laws against that, too. Oh, that is a euphemism that is uh, has an agenda behind it. What? Abortion tourism. I see. So the... The suggestion is crossing state lines in order to get an abortion. Healthcare. Uh, yeah. Yes. I, I don't mind using other people's terminology just so long as I get to 
uh, give my opinion on it. So as far as I'm concerned... They're not going to the abortion theme park. <laughs> they're certainly not. So uh, if the majority of people who are getting abortions are Democrats, why are Republicans fighting and, and this is worth pointing out, the majority of people who vote, uh, most people will vote the way mom and dad voted. And that's just the way it is. Um, why are the Republicans breaking their backs to bring more Democrats into the voting pool? Because the voters that care the most about this vote for Republicans. That- and because the many places now, as I said, like here in Florida and other places, the voting pool has been sliced and diced so much that it's determined in the primary and in the Republican primary, the people that care the most about this are the most ardent voters. So you have to out anti-abortion your opponent if you're a Republican trying to get elected. Well, I like to bring this to those people. And those people are listening. What people? The people who want to see abortion completely outlawed. Those people need to understand the consequences of their actions. The consequences of the actions of allowing um, all babies to be born is, A, a much higher weight on the social welfare program. Not just the babies that are not really, you know, retarded or whatever, but just kids that are largely unwanted. I don't and think that carries any weight with the people that are that stridently anti-abortion. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. They, at they least aren't worried about the, the vote. They're worried about a human life. Then um, human life, the quality of human life, all of us is going to go down in this country if we continue to let... Why do you want to, to kill let, babies, Martin? I, 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 as far as I'm concerned, this particular primate is highly successful. They shot Harambe over the possibility that he might have killed a kid. So, you know, eight billion, we're doing okay. Like the loss of a few will be all right. But you are trying to put yourself in the mind of the opponent. And I'm saying that none of the things that you're talking about, uh, there are no exceptions for the opponents that want six-week abortion bans. There's There's no exception for rape or incest. There may be, there may not. What if the majority of kids that are aborted have an IQ below 100? Like the vast majority. Irrelevant. Yeah. Well, there's a problem because you're, you're, you're now dragging down the U.S.'s IQ. What if... Oh, I think it was George Carlin that said, but if it isn't, I apologize to whoever said this. When you think of the average American... You have to realize that half of them are stupider than that person. That's right. And it's exactly right. So that's my opinion on abortion is we're doing okay on stupid people. We're doing okay on poor people. We're doing okay on, uh, you know, people on the social welfare system. We don't need more. Well, if you, with your permission, let's talk about... So that is uh, a crappy uh, crappy attitude, isn't it? No, it's your attitude. <laughs> I'm used to you having attitudes. <laughs> Ever since you were a little attitude, you had big attitudes. It's indeed. But, oh, yes. Let's continue where I was going here. When you were talking about stupid people, let's talk about a non-stupid person doing stupid things and saying stupid things. Okay. And that would be our friend from last week's show, 
the son of Robert Kennedy Sr., RFK Jr., Robert Francis Kennedy Jr., who we talked about last week. Please go back and listen to the podcast. or the is it, you, uh, At Free Talk Live, do you call the archive the podcast, or do you call that just the archives? The archives, yeah. Yes. Well, go, go. go to archives.freetalklive.com. Yes, it would be last Friday's, right? Sounds right, yep. Yes. I, and actually, well, here, let's just go a full-on plug. I was listening to it. I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, but I was listening to it on Spotify, so it's available on Spotify if you... Uh, and it is the last Friday show, and it must be. I bet it's. I bet it's all over the place on podcast sites. I'm sure it, it's on every. Do you prefer the, they go to freetalklive.com? I think it's just the easiest place to tell people to go. Um, oh, that's not the easiest place to tell people to go. <laughs> but, they can all go there. But anyway, if you if you hadn't listened last week and it's not fresh in your memory, we, you have to go and listen to RFK. Jr. was uh, either hosting a, a dinner party for journalists or journalists were hosting a dinner party for RFK Jr. where they would, uh, it was a ritzy, uh, hotsy totsy restaurant in New York City. There's lots of ritzy restaurants in New York City, I'm told. And RFK Jr. was there. He uh, was in the midst of a crisis, not personally, but there were these boisterous, drunken, old, white, journalists yes in an argument to the point well you know what happens when old white drunken people get in a boisterous argument fists don't fly but farts too <laughs> there that was so go back and listen to that but as we said back then that is a crisis moment and robert f kennedy jr handled it in his own presidential manner as far as not participating in the farting or even getting involved in the farting, and or even the boisterousness. So, what do you? Um, are you against RFK? Am I against RFK? Yeah, I mean, at this point, we've got two shows under our belts, and RFK's got uh, mentions in both. I I am all f- in on RFK Junior. Okay. and radio. But <laughs> he is the gift that keeps giving, and we will. Uh, if, if we could do video, I would have pictures of him pumping iron uh, just to to have something to talk about. But let's let RFK Jr. speak for himself here, right here on Under the Free Talk Live umbrella. What do we call this thing again? Uh, Rains and Edge. Rains and Edge. I'm, I'm starting to like the ring of that. Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, and we need to talk about bioweapons. I know a lot now about bioweapons. Now, this is actually his voice, and I do have the transcript that you may have a little bit of trouble understanding him, but it isn't your radio. It's not our studio. It's the New York Post reported audio from this. So okay. we'll, we'll, we'll just take it a little while, and then we'll fill in the blanks. Because I've been doing a book up for the past two and a half years, and, um, uh, and you know, the, the, what we, the technology that we now have, all of these micro, we have we've put hundreds of millions of dollars into uh, ethnically targeted microbes. The Chinese have done the same thing. In fact, COVID nineteen, there's an argument that it is ethnically targeted. COVID nineteen attacks certain races um, disproportionately. The, uh, the, the 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 races that are 
most of you immune to COVID-19 because of the, of the structure of the, uh, um, the genetic structure, uh, uh, genetic differentials among different races of the um, of the receptors of the ACE2 receptor. Um, COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and and uh, and uh, black people. What was that, Robert? Um, COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and and uh, and uh, black people. Just one more time, so I get this straight. COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and and uh, and uh, black people. Well, the people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and uh, and Chinese. And, so, but, who doesn't get it? And, uh, and uh, black people. The well, people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and uh, and Chinese. All right, so. Um, he's put out the theory, and he did say there is an argument, right? Like, so he's, he's, he may not be a hundred percent married to this, but he says that uh, COVID nineteen affects white people and black people more than it affects Chinese. That and isn't Ashkenazi. what he said. Okay. He said it targets. Targets. It's tar. And in fact, he didn't even say targets. He says it's targeted. Yeah. So. Let me. I, I do have the. Transcript. So is that the argument or is that well, the, if, the truth? I it sounds I like he's give, right on the edge I, of that. I want to be accurate on this because people, as I said, that was a little rough audio. And even though I kept playing with the audio and trying to be a smart ass about the whole thing, I, I do really want people to hear what he said. He said, "COVID nineteen. There is an argument. I'm much more. I have more clarity than Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s voice. I I, I feel that right well, now. Certainly right here. COVID nineteen. <laughs> There is an argument that is ethnically targeted. COVID-19 attacks certain races disproportionately. And no qualifiers in there. COVID-19 is targeted to attack Caucasians and black people. The people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese. We don't know whether it was deliberately targeted or not, but there are papers out there that show the racial or ethnical differential and impact. Kennedy Kennedy hedged a little bit there. At There's the your end. clarity. Um, <laughs> so, so I, I think that it. Would you agree that China downplayed its numbers of COVID in the early uh, months? Uh, I would say that seems likely. Okay, um, and would you agree that Israel, for whatever reason? I'm not going to make any reasons that Israel didn't get hit that hard by COVID. No, I don't don't agree with that. I haven't seen any data that I do know there was a lot of um, research on. I saw quite a bit about Israel and, and the precautions they were taking in the steps. Yeah, I th- uh, well, I think they took a lot of precautions. I don't think they got hit very hard by COVID, and it may be because of the precautions. It may not. I don't know the reason. But um, well, now you've challenged me. Go ahead. It seems to me what he's trying to say is a. Uh, the, the the numbers show that Chinese and um, and by the way, I can't think of any Asian place that really got wiped out by COVID. But um, that he's you know, I mean, it, it's true. Some diseases affect more uh, other uh, some ethnic groups more than others. I don't know the the, the truth on this, but um, I you know I don't see anything particularly wrong with what he's saying. If China's putting out skewed information. Well, I mean, that's use information. So, anyway, um, 
uh, you know, this is just Google. Yep. Just Google talking. Yep. But when I asked for Israeli COVID casualties, yep. uh, for what is the impact, the first thing it told me, GDP dropped 3% relative to <laughs> in Israel. But I will get more specific to what we were talking about. Yeah, it's worth but, talking about. But, but if you want to be president, this is my case against Rav K. Jr., not yep. just in this one playing this up, is don't step in a big pile of dog crap voluntarily. Yeah. And th- verbally, that's what he just did. First of all, you need to... And, you know, Joe Biden, when he's out in public, is not the most precise speaker. Oh, certainly not. But there is a lot of Popcorn evidence when you get into the the committee meetings and stuff like that with him. He he has a command of the details. Or, or if, if I, I'll say even just for the sake of argument, at his prime, he had a great command of details uh, on the argument. I was always impressed. I expected when Biden went into the debates with Trump in 2020 that he was just going to get trounced. It seemed like Biden is probably a senile old coot. And there's a lot of evidence. Like people, the Republicans, you know, love to get that information out. Um, But at those debates, he was cogent and in good shape. And, you know, like I was sort of impressed with him. Um, I wouldn't vote for him, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I don't like his politics, but I was expecting something entirely different. Well, and so the, the point I'm making about RFK Jr., just don't use the word targeted. Targeted inherently has intention behind it. Yeah, sure. You, you could have said it's uh, more, you could have said blacks and Caucasians are more receptive to the virus. Or, or you could have said uh, Jewish people and Chinese are less receptive to the virus. And then you could go making your case about um, the, the ethnic uh, casualties of it all. Right. And it, personally, I don't know why he even wanted to even talk about that, well, other than it's his shtick about... It's his shtick, yeah. yeah. And I think America's looking for the final word on COVID. Like, they, wanna, they want to encapsulate what happened, look at the mistakes, look at the successes, because as I said all along, this isn't the pa- pandemic. This is the test for the pandemic. Okay. And now let's, let me try and give, in the last minute or so that we have here, a little break to RFK Jr. If you didn't have the targeted word, or you say that, how about having something that might show you some statistics? So I really quickly will say, in Israel, this is according to Worldometer, Worldometer, 4.8 million cases of COVID, whenever this was cut off, 12,500 deaths. Usually it's been 1% to 2% of the population, so it is less than 1% to 2% of the population. That would be 48,000. And so, yeah, evidently they either they were more effective in fighting it, or less receptive to it. Yep. Thank you, RFK Jr. I'm sure the check's in the mail for me. But we'll, uh, we'll get more of all of that. Oh, hey, well, something else, something very interesting is coming up next, Mark. I'm pretty sure about that.
This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and has implemented really cool features to ensure it is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. Insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our lives. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. It's the Edge and Range Show. Reigns and Edge Show. That's it. Reigns and Edge Show. <laughs> just, just when I was getting accustomed to Reigns and Edge, you just yank that carpet <laughs> right out from under my feet. Tumbling ass over tea kettle, I guess, is the word. Indeed. So uh, here on uh, the Free Talk Live Network here on a live, uh, well, not live, but uh, Friday night. We're live. We're doing a unique show. <laughs> we're, we're live to tape. And I expect but, us... Not not tape. We're live to digits and bytes and stuff like that. I expect us to make it to, uh, you know, uh, I expect to be alive when this airs. Yes. Uh, I am, by the way, for those that don't that know... That sounds like a way to jinx yourself, really. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I don't really believe in that, so there you go. Believe in what? Uh, jinxes. Self-fulfilling prophecies you don't believe in? I, I just... I. I superstition like that no self-fulfilling prophecies you 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 put it into your subconscious and you actualize it without intent well i suppose it could happen but much like the targeting uh, as rfk would say of the uh covid virus against blacks and caucasians <laughs> well i I think that RFK has dug awfully deep into this whole COVID thing, and there's a lot of conspiracy theories. And this is the problem when you don't tell people the truth. Fauci said, oh, you don't need masks. Then you do need cloth masks. Do you want to be consistent or do you want to be right? (laughs) Um, Seriously. I want to be right. Well, then don't plan on being 100% consistent. That's probably true. But I... There were a lot of mistakes made during COVID. 
And okay. people don't want to own that. Uh, people in the government don't want to own that. And I think that that's the real problem, is that people feel lied to. Like, if I'm dealing with somebody in business or in life, and they don't want to acknowledge where they effed up, I can't continue on dealing with them. Because they, you know, they, they live in a fantasy world. A fantasy world where they did all the right things. And I don't need that. I mean, I don't imagine for a second that I do all the right things. And I don't expect that from anybody else. But I do want you to learn from your mistakes. I am sure demonstrating that running this board today. <laughs> <laughs> but it won't, you won't hear it out of the audience. It'll all be cleaned up one way or another. Indeed. But uh, I think that RFK is an important voice in the Democratic Party. He represents people like Dennis Kucinich out there um voices that have long isn't he the is he the campaign manager for rfk jr i don't know he might be didn't that i thought that's how how we were talking uh i think that was on last week's show wasn't it, it yeah i don't have the greatest memory covid took it from me yes <laughs> so i want to read a tweet from a man named scott horton for those who are in the libertarian sphere you know who scott horton is he's a sort of an expert on foreign policy but i think this tweet uh encapsulates and it's a long one encapsulates the libertarian view of rfk not to say that rfk is a great libertarian he is not so going on here with scott horton i'm not going to do the uh, texas accent that he's got First, nothing here is about whether he's a libertarian or whether libertarians should or should not support or vote him. Vote for him. The guy's a Democrat. He's just interesting to me. That is all, and I'm really that I'm really trying to say here. The way his Zionism uh, has really creeped in from disregarding the rights of Palestinians to now also being bad on Iran as his uh, great woke anti-racist signaling device is, as the uh, kids say, completely cringe. And for me, a deal killer. Completely he, what? Cringe. Oh, cringe. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what it means, but it makes, yeah, you know. That, I thought you said Chris. <laughs> and you know what that is. No. Or, or rather, Riz. I see, I can't even say no. it. When, when you got a lot of Riz? No. You got a lot of charisma. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. He also said all kinds of left-wing stupid stuff on guns and corporate charters and other things dating back to before his campaign and also recently about uh, signing an AR ban, etc. So he's no Ron Paul, but he's pretty close to a Kucinich. And he has no Riz, really, to me, but <laughs> go ahead. Others would disagree. Well, I mean, he's up against Joe Biden, who has very little. You know, he's wandering off in the woods and things like that. So... Anyway, he's close to a percentage. Paul's old friend and anti-war colleague from the House who I think is a decent guy and is his campaign manager. As I always say, for example, about Tucker Carlson, I don't need him to be a libertarian. I accept that most Americans will not. But I do need a good anti-war conservative out there to lead um, other good conservatives. Switch a few words out and the same thing applies to Kennedy and the liberals here. So I guess I'm just saying I'm prepared to be quite entertained by his run for the next year or so because he's absolutely great on Ukraine and the Cold War with Russia. Uh, also good, as you can hope for, that's, that is uh, by far the most important thing in the world. As factual, quantitative matter, pres uh, presuming human life matters at all, nothing is more important than America's relationship with Russia. Right now, it's completely wrecked. But between us, we have about 14,000 H-bombs, 
and with at least a couple thousand currently deployed, one U.S. submarine could destroy all of Russia. But they have the dead hands, so their computers would take revenge on us and kill us too. Not that this is uh, likely to happen, but it is far more likely now than it was just two years ago, and this danger must be reversed immediately. That's a lot of characters for a tweet. Yeah, um, it's a it's a long tweet. It's he's got the blue check. Oh, so he pays for it so he can tweet as much as he wants. What is the those? You can go as long as because I was thinking he had posted an image of a, this statement or something. No, this is uh, you really can. Yeah, you can. What is that? Seven dollars a month? I don't know. Huh. I don't have it. <laughs> they never gave it to me when I was uh, before. When you know, I'm really Mark Edge. Hell, I don't even have a Wikipedia page, which I kind of like. Anyway. Well, somebody out there should make Mark's Wikipedia page. Please and, and use me as a source, please. <laughs> uh, Dennis Kucinich, by the way, is RFK's man, campaign Excellent. manager. Uh, to have a chance to have a major party presidential candidate who understands this, this being the relationship with Russia, uh, whose dad made a deal with uh, Khrushchev at the end of the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962, is a big deal. Especially when the rest of his party is so bad on it. I could pu- Did he say his dad? Yeah, RFK made the deal, is the claim. No, JFK did. Well, um, he somebody said that in the comments, and he said, wrong, and didn't even defend. So I don't know, but let's... Uh, you know. Maybe RFK negotiated, Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure JFK had to give the final it okay It would seem like that. it, yeah. Let's see. I know he doesn't want conflict with China, though I don't know what he has to say about Taiwan, but the spirit of uh, detente would be a good start. I think the legacy of the anti-war Vietnam, anti-Iraq war movement still lives among American liberals, progressives, and leftists. If they have good leadership, reminding them that peace is what's important, I consider it RFK's uh, mandate to revive the voters and 2005 Democratic Party at least professed views on war. Instead of being Pelosi, they should meet at this time. But let's face it, Joe Biden is very old and getting older. It's Unanimous that Harris cannot be the candidate. The establishment's best shots are Whitmer and Newsom. They both have some major baggage, especially their records on the lockdowns. So many fled California that they lost a congressman. First net loss in population since the Spanish arrived 500 years ago. And this is Kennedy's strongest issue. What's funny and ironic is is that the establishment media thinks it's his weakest. Did he step in S uh, speculating the other day? But otherwise, I think he did step in S the other day, speculating. Uh, but otherwise, I think he can mostly run circles around his critics on it. And I don't know how long it will take. But at some point, the TV media and their sponsors are going to realize that they are giving this so-called anti-vax uh, views much greater prominence than they ever had. And their attacks on him about it will uh, very likely have uh, diminished returns. They can keep insisting he's a kook, but he doesn't really sound like one. He wrote a 600-page book about it, and he can cite all kinds of studies off the top of his head. Remember a few weeks ago, ABC just completely cut a major uh, part out of his interview, obviously because he had completely uh, bodied the anchor lady they sent out to get him. I don't know what bodied means, but it doesn't sound good. 
So I saw his speech at uh, Porkfest, and I heard his case that the U.S. intelligence agencies knew the germ had escaped the lab by September 2019, and that they spent months preparing the censorship regime for it all. I did not have all his uh, footnotes, but his accusations were specific enough that it sounded a lot more like journalism than trutherism. He can tighten that argument up to a couple. If he can tighten that argument up to a couple of minutes, uh, he would really convince people to at least go see his site where he demonstrates it or something like that. I think it could be a major political earthquake. This is an issue that affected every person and family in the country. I found it compelling, and he he goes on here. He's also good on Dang, Bitcoin. It's a long tweet. It's a long tweet. Yep. But um, so what what is my, what should I take away from this? Because as you were listening to that, I was googling RFK yep. and the Cuban Missile Crisis and. Other things. And Last week I asked you, would you rather have Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump? Right? Like, you're going to get one of them. Does that sound like an accurate statement? No. Okay, you think that there's a Republican uh, candidate that is more oh, like... Oh, you you're asking In me. the Republican... Uh, yeah, there's going to be a Republican nominee. Yes. And that nominee is I, likely to be either Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump. I, I would just like the one that's most likely to lose i understand um I, I i know how democrat minds work i know how republican minds work i got it but you did state that if you were to have a president that was one or the other that you would prefer to have trump well that was last week okay you want me to be a writer consistent I, I i just want you to you know i mean i i understand that opinions change and i don't have mm -hmm. a problem with that um my opinion is is that uh you know with Biden's attacks on Bitcoin and what appears to be a desire for war with a nuclear power, those two things are deal killers for me. Like, I know that Trump isn't going to give me that. I don't trust DeSantis to not give me that. Um, so for me, it's RFK. Well, I don't, I don't accept your premise okay. on that you won't get that from Donald Trump either. Okay. And, and by the way, we're not going to talk about it this this week because it's so lengthy and all it's the the um think tanks and foundations that have gotten early in on donald trump's campaign and yep. writing the policy and they have a whole plan on how to consolidate presidential power that has sort of been working its way through that wing of the establishment to make a strong ever since uh President Nixon, really, and, and Reagan. But that, we're digressing off your topic. Uh, so I, uh, I, I don't agree with your points about that we won't get those from Trump or DeSantis. Well, um, I think you'll get it. I don't well, know about DeSantis. You, you, I DeSantis don't think that Biden is that anti-Bitcoin, but I think that within the bureaucratic establishment, there is a faction that is... Uh, not pro digital currencies or but there's two blackrock is lobbying for a bitcoin etf the yep. you know it, it, the deep state if you will is already bought into bitcoin and some of the other sure uh, you can assets. sell you can sell new cars in this country if you've got 10 million dollars to open a ford dealership but if you want to sell in most states um, more than 3 cars per year you need a dealer's license. And this is basically what it's coming down to with you know, Bitcoin. occupational license for a lot of stuff. You need an occupational license for a lot of things. It's absolutely true. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're not ripping people off, why would you need an occupational, occupational people license? people rip people off. They do. People suck. Yeah. And, um, and the FBI hasn't caught a single scammer 
yet. Uh, um, at Ian's uh, what trial... Kind, what kind of scammer or what? Uh, Bitcoin scammer. So at Ian's trial, we had a lady who uh, conducted a raid on Ian's house about... Um, and. She had been in for like seventeen years in this particular you fraud don't think a- investigation. Sam Bank Friedman was a scammer. She didn't catch him. Well, she but said that she had never charged. caught one. Um, these Nigerian princes that are ripping little old ladies off, or whatever the story is. Okay. The FBI's rules aren't fixing that. Well, I'm not first party knowledge to this. I have to take your word for that okay. on that. But I, I believe that we do have people that have. Been Sam Bankman Fried seems like a crook. Yes. But I'm not sure what the legal standing is to go after him in uh, Bahamas. I guess it doesn't matter now. No. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to interrupt your point there. Just my point is is that, um, the, that, that the FBI isn't very good at going after scammers, but they're pretty good at going after Americans that sell Bitcoin above board to other people. And they're doing it a lot. Another guy just got sentenced this week. All right. Yep. Just keeps happening. People selling Bitcoin to other people, and but that's Bitcoin it. will continue. It, Bitcoin isn't going to go away, but right. um, you know, just I hate people. To, I hate to see my fellow Americans being thrown in the pokey for a victimless crime, and um, you know, all under the ruse that they're working with scammers. Maybe they don't even know this stuff. There was a guy in Texas who had the license. Yes, but I'm not talking about the people you know. I'm talking about people that suck. <laughs> well, those are the ones that I'm uh, referring to, too. And a lot of them work for the FBI and in the federal government. Because nothing will make you act irresponsibly like not having responsibility for your actions. And they're not responsible. If Joe Biden messes up, nobody's going to hold him to account. He doesn't have to pay for a mistake. All right. So, and neither would RFK when he's president. Get- all right, that's final word from you on, on that until you take it another direction. <laughs> Indeed, I will. So anyway, I just think that RFK is an interesting candidate, and if we're being provided with choices, choices are good. I want choices when it comes to uh, presidential candidates, and I want people to have those choices. I likely won't vote in the election, but if I do, um, if it was held today, RFK would be on my list of people I would vote for. Fair enough. I think RFK. Also, I'm annoyed with the Biden administration for choosing not to run in New Hampshire or Iowa. Well, the Democratic Party changed the order of the. the Oh, as though the Biden administration didn't have anything to do with that. Not directly. Yeah. It just works in everybody's convenience. I mean, there's been a movement to change that long before President Biden was. Elected, and, and if you were of the Democratic Party, you probably feel pretty good about the fact that they're changing that. Well, I why would you feel that way? They have Democrats because in it's Iowa another and- way that the, you uh, uh, where you can to use borrow a word target narrow voter groups and have a, outside influence on the outcome. So if you're going to start with Iowa where it is generally more conservative than the Democratic Party at whole, uh-huh. you're going to have a more, more conservative, small electorate inf- influence and eliminate a lot of the primary candidates out of the field. Uh, now, of course, this year, I doubt 
that there's much to do there. There's the well, this year is to, to cement that they uh, that South Carolina is the first state for the yes, Democrats. Yes, and I, I that benefits even going back to your RFK uh, argument that I think that benefits Joe Biden is that he's much likely to run stronger against RFK in South Carolina than New Hampshire or Iowa. Yeah, right. Um, but there's when you look at the money that's flowing to RFK's campaign, it's not the libertarians, it's not the people that are uh, anti-vax money might be coming to him, but it's not where his money is. The money is coming from rich Republicans because they want him to run and and damage Joe Biden. And also the, there's money going to Joe Manchin. They're trying to push him into a third party uh, uh, opposition. So it's all about gaming the system. Well, I, I will agree with you that um, that there's a spoiler effect, certainly. But that spoiler effect has worked against and for Republicans um, and against and for Democrats in the past. And right, but now they're trying to work it against the incumbent. That's usually the way it works, is against the incumbent or against the, the heir to the incumbent. To me, I would prefer to or have to choices. Um, you know, I just... You know, there's going to be a person sitting in that seat come 2025, and I would prefer it not be somebody who wants war with Russia and hates Bitcoin. Those are my. Th- I don't my think th- he wants war with Russia. Really, he wants dominance of Russia. Right, right, and Russia's probably not going to take that very well. Well, th- nobody this, would. That is the policy of the United States of America. It's the policy of NATO. Yeah, it's it's the we back going all the way back to the Clinton administration. George Bush Senior and James Baker had made uh, promises to Boris Yeltsin and Gorbachev of not expanding NATO. Clinton came in, and the uh, power structure behind him pushed that direction. And you get to George H. Excuse me, George W. Bush, and you have a new strategic doctrine that says we will not allow any power to rise to challenge us. So that doesn't just cover Russia; that covers uh, China too. Sure. And if you go back, we're really getting into inside baseball on this. Uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski's Carter's national security uh, head. Um, National Security Advisor, he wrote the book, I think, The Grand Chessboard, and he made the case that we needed to uh, dominate Central Asia to prevent the rise of other powers. It, uh, world domination, or uh, that may seem too strong a word, <laughs> but empires expand. And the American empire has been expanding for a long time. When we think about manifest destiny and we think, oh, we're going to build a railroad across the country. No, they were talking about manifest destiny, that we were going to go across the continent and control the Pacific. That was 200 years ago. Sure. Um, uh, 100%. I, I get it. I don't support it. I don't support, uh, you know, I, I think that people should have the government that they demand and that that government should work within uh, the you know the chorus of voices. I I I was 
as you know, active against the invasion of Iraq. And I thought that would be one of the biggest strategic mistakes our country had ever made, certainly in my lifetime, bigger than the mistake of uh, trying to uh, maintain control over Vietnam. But now I've become a reluctant imperialist. What? What? (laughs) Yes. Uh, I, I will say that because once the Bush doctrine was carried out, we set up the the momentum. It was it was such a waste of our national resources to go into Central Asia and to go in Iraq. Such a waste of human life. Such a waste of American young men and women. And we've pushed everybody t- to the point now that the only alternative uh, or, or the only strategy on the other side is to see our demise, not demise as a country, but our demise as control of the world uh, economic right, system only one and the dollar dominance. And that's not going to be good. Here's what concerns me. Yeah. Russia has just warned uh, that ships going into the Black Sea are subject to you know their dominance in the Black Sea. You could have a very well have a, a Lusitania kind of situation going on there. Um, where in World War I, uh, the Germans sunk a ship, that, a U.S. ship, because it was carrying arms. And it was carrying arms. Reigns and Edge here on the Free Talk Live Network. And the Reigns side is over here. <laughs> right. Henry Reigns right here. And the Mark Edge side is you. over here. Yep, indeed. I'm looking at all of you. And uh, in the last segment, we were talking about uh, potential war in uh, in Russia. Um, Europe. Yep. Around the world. And... Uh, for those that don't know, I am pretty anti-war. I do not like this stuff. Uh, you, Henry, have just revealed that you are a reluctant imperialist I, I'm, now. I'm anti-war, too. Okay. Uh, but uh, you would like the United States to be successful in its imperialism without war. I think that's the only option right now. <laughs> I think that that's I, I likely. I think we had options back 20 and 30 years ago when we were the dominant power when Russia had collapsed. We could have made the the decision, rather the the imperial leaders, not us as a people, yeah. could have made a decision to uh, try and maintain a somewhat balance of power with everyone, you know, everyone equal, but some are more equal than others. And we were the most equal of them all and had dominance. We would have had dominance of the Internet. We would have had... We kind of do. Right, but that's fading away. We're, if, if, if China had not felt we were a threat, they wouldn't have created their own registry system sure. for the Internet. And we would have had control of, uh, I mean, they would have had a competitive search engines to Google and things like that. But our top tech companies probably would have been the de facto standard for everything in the digital age around the world. Sure. And uh, whether the cloud uh, storage, the um, that movement to cloud storage and servers and, and uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, the, it being balkanized now with uh, China having theirs and other regions having theirs. Uh, and we would have had the dollar dominance. We would have controlled this, the, the transfer of money through the SWIFT. We would have controlled the IMF and the World Bank. You know, we would have had 
peaceful hegemony. <laughs> Everything would have been great. Well, you know, it's like the mafia. The mafia. It's a lot like the mafia. Successful mafia bosses know that too much killing is bad for business. We don't need to have all this violence. We just need control. That's exactly what uh, mafia uh, dons think. And basically the government is a is organized crime that flies flags outside of its buildings. Um, especially when you're talking on an international level when it comes to militaries and that kind of thing. There is no governing body. There's no one telling you you can or can't do anything. It's just force of will and arms that control stuff. Right. And we, after World War II, we as in our collective uh, English-speaking allies and some of our European allies had created the infrastructure to maintain their hegemony and their control without breaking down into war. But it was the uh, the Bush administration and the neocons that decided, man, that would be okay. We can, we can really set this up for the, ne- the project for the new American century. Indeed. So um, what concerns me, and I think it's worth getting out there, because uh, pretty much every, wo- every war that the United States has been in has been predicated on some kind of untruth. There's been something that was false about the reason that we're doing this thing or that thing. And what I'm seeing in this uh, situation in the Black Sea is a Lusitania kind of scenario. There's not a big playbook when it comes to the government because the same things keep working over and over again. So why would you try something new? Uh, What happened with the Lusitania was this. The United States was sending arms to Great Britain on a passenger ship. And uh, the Germans got sick and tired of starving and... Because the Germans got about 10% of U.S. uh, shipments early on, and then uh, after that it was uh, less so. So it turns out that uh, Germans are sinking ships, and they thought that there were arms on the Lusitania. They were trying to let the, the, the ships that had civilians on them just go, but if you had arms, they were going to sink you. So they sunk the Lusitania. Turns out that the Lusitania did, in fact, have arms on it. Many years later, we discovered that. So... Uh, for a hundred years, essentially, the world believed the Lusitania had uh, was just a civilian unjustly ship, unjustly sunk, unjustly sunk. But it turns out it was more than more than uh, you know. Was, I don't know. Just well, I'm not prepared to say that there was justly sunk, but um, you know there was more than. So how does that compare reason. with here in? Because World War One had already started. Indeed. Um, well, this war has already started too. The United States is in a proxy war with Russia right mm-hmm. now. And fortunately, neither side has used nuclear weapons, but either side could. And that concerns me greatly. Um, People will say things like, Putin's crazy. Well, do you want to mess with a crazy guy who has nuclear weapons then? Because it seems like it's best to leave him alone. Um, So what's going to happen, I think. But there's different uh, centers of power in Russia. Certainly. Yeah, lots lots of weird stuff going on. I think it's best to let Russia collapse. I think it's more like... my well, let me finish up the story oh, on it real quick. Well, so the were. United States blew up the, uh, the, the gas pipeline and then said, we don't know who did that. Um, the United States is going to send a ship in that is intended to look like a arms transport ship, which in fact only has humanitarian aid of some sort. It's going to get sunk. The U.S. is going to say, see, those Russians are bad people. They killed nine of our uh, sailors and uh, sunk this humanitarian aid stuff. 
Um, who knows what's in the in the ship? And then they're going to go to war. Uh, yeah, don't think so. Okay, I'm <sighs> deeply concerned that if Biden does isn't held responsible for his actions that come his lame duck term, he's going to do whatever he no, wants. I and what he see, wants, I don't to, see it playing out that way. I see it playing out a different way. Okay, well, tell me how it's going to play out. Well, I let's see. Almost a year and a half ago, was I was talking to my CPA. And he said, how do you think this Ukraine thing is going to play out? And a year and a half ago seems like a long time, Henry. Yeah, it does. I said, I think we're going to fight to the last Ukrainian. <laughs> and, oh, the Mark, that's not funny. Just because just my CPA laughs, said, that's sad, but those are true. Um, but we can achieve our goals without that. The, you, you need, the, the goal that I would submit to you is... Uh, to keep Russia tied down, to expend its resources, to weaken it economically, and get it into a state similar to when uh, Yeltsin took over from Gorbachev, where there it was the, pretty weak. The, the central authority has been weakened, and in a perfect world for the. Hardcore imperialist is not a reluctant imperialist like me. Is that the uh, disparate republics, former republics of the Soviet Union, will start looking at their natural resources, and the central authority won't be able to keep them in line, and they you will balkanize them on a continental su- uh, scale. Not I think on that a that's very very likely. Yeah, uh, what you're saying, and I think China would like that too. Uh, you look at where the a lot of the resources of Russia are in the east, and all it takes, you know, the, the people talk about the soft invasion on our southern border. I'm not subscribing to that as my my way of describing it. But, but China you talk about a soft invasion when you got a billion people and a very uh, aging population in Russia, you can just sort of mosey on northward, and before you know it, you've got a uh, de facto control of some of the greatest resources in the world. Very likely. Um, not unlikely at all. So maybe China d- isn't really that upset with us either. Well, I suspect they, that's... They only don't... The, China hasn't gotten into... I mean, if China just doesn't want us to, see, to succeed too well. Right. If China thought that there was a benefit to them in getting the Ukrainian conflict, they would. And they haven't. So... You know, Other they, than some minor... Uh, military. Sure, assistant. they want Russia to believe that the, we're on your side. Don't worry. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. In, in China's perfect world, Putin continues to become a more and more junior partner in the relationship. Well, I think uh, that's a reality. Is is yeah. that? Um, and and here's demographically, a, it's a reality. And here's here's something that's wild uh, that you uh, you know I'll just throw out there. What if the United States offered Russia membership in NATO. Then NATO would become a force against China to bring them into line, which is clearly where the uh, the power in the world's mm-hmm. going. And Russia would, I mean, you know, if, if when they don't have to worry about getting invaded, then they don't have to well, worry about getting invaded. As you probably know, when you threw that out to me, that Putin had suggested back in the Clinton administration that maybe Russia would be a good partner for NATO. Yeah, he's. Uh, it has been suggested 
more than one, more than three times. Um, and usually NATO just knocks it back because NATO is a Russia fighting force and they don't understand, uh, the idea. And I think that it needs to be, that's the, the it's a good thing tactics France, of their military, but they are an imperial expansionist, uh, not, at least since uh, the fall of the Soviet Union, that has been their agenda, not to fight Russia, but to expand their uh, empire. Right, and expanding into Russia would be... junior partners in Europe. Would be, right, indeed. Russia would be very useful in expanding that partnership quite a bit further. It's the largest country on the planet. But if your ultimate goal is to contain China, then... And you really want it all, like the neocons of the project for the new American century. You don't want to have to cut Russia in on this. Back in the the Iraq invasion, uh, not that Desert Storm, the the one to t- take down Saddam, the Persian Gulf. Russia was, and we got to remember that's two thousand one. I remember looking at the Pravda website shortly after nine eleven when uh, the U.S. was only going into Afghanistan. And on the Pravda website, they had on their banner, it was like a blending of the American flag and the Russian flag with Putin's uh, headshot and George Bush's headshot on, like, we are working together to bring down the Muslim terrorists. And following through to 2002 and the buildup for the Iraq war, Russia was willing to uh, not like big time assist us, but to tacitly and in some ways logistically assist us. They just wanted to keep the oil fields they already had. Yeah. But Dick Cheney and company is like did not like no, that. No, 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 no. We don't need you that badly. I understand. Um, you know, there's it's it's like World War Two, right? It's just a couple of bad guys fighting each other, and that's why I don't like war. Is is because it's. Always a couple of bad guys fighting each other. There's rarely this sort of legitimate war. I think the United States Revolution might be. Uh, um, a, you think a, that was legitimate? I think that. Um, yeah. So what of, revolutionary of war did Canada have? <laughs> Indeed, um, they had none, and uh, Canada is where the loyalists went, and Canada ended up. Probably as free as the United States, depending on uh, how you parse these things, according to the Cato Institute, which is... Sure, if you want free medical care. Well, I'm just baiting you, Mark, as you tried to bait me earlier. Oh, yeah. I'll bait you all day long. Um, (laughs) So, anyway. Grab um, the hook. I do think that uh, if if enough people in a given geographic area want to throw off an oppressive ruler five thousand miles away, they should do very uh, do their very best not to have five thousand rulers one mile away. All right. So where does that leave us? That leaves us with uh, I sincerely hope the United States doesn't go to war with Russia and Ukraine. Um, you know that they the A ten Warthog. Are you familiar with this plane? I can't fly it, but yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with the The name. Internet loves the A-10 Warthog. So the U.S. military has recently decommissioned, the, uh, the Air Force has decommissioned, I think, all of the A-10 Warthogs. And they were trying to give them to Ukraine. And Ukraine didn't want them. Like, this is how uh, out of date this uh, plane is, is they're like, I'm not, we're not sending up good pilots and those things. Hell no. Send us some F-16s, which, by the way, is an, older, uh, is an old plane, too. Yes. Yeah. 
And and they are getting their pilots trained, and in a couple of years they'll be able to fly <laughs> them. So, do you have any predictions on how this uh, Ukrainian thing is going to come out? Are they uh, is Russia going to keep the? I, I, I predict that we will see more death and destruction, like the horrors of World War One. That the Ukrainian people will see more of their country devastated. That Russia's people will find themselves in greater dire economic straits. I predict that. Uh, the leaders will have an even greater ability to skim off the top of all the tra- uh, the trough of money that is Indeed. flowing through with the the aid and the the military assistance. And uh, is that enough? Yeah, I think that that's what's going to happen. Is yeah. is that how that's how they all go, and that's how this one's going to go? Uh, now I do know that we are calling up some reservists and getting them ready to be stationed in Europe. I talked to someone who's, um, I don't know if it was his uh, son or nephew, was recently called up on the reserves, and he's, we're, they're not going to Ukraine. But the recruiting, I mean, we're falling short on our recruiting goals in the military. I don't know why people don't want to sign up for a chance to see Eastern Europe, but... <laughs> I hear it's great skiing in the winter. I've been um, to uh, Prague and uh, Czech anyway, Republic. It's lovely. They are. There is a going through the motions of starting to mobilize troops because we're just short. We 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 have a labor shortage in the U.S. That conspiracists would think, oh well, that's why they want to have a recession to put people out of work, so more people will will join the military. But we have such demand for labor here in the U.S. that the, the military isn't offering such a good deal anymore compared to what you can find without having to put your life at risk. Right. Um, and ultimately, that's what it comes down to is, is that it appears as though people don't want to be cops and soldiers and, um, you know, these sorts of things because they feel like, well, you know, what am I risking my, my self for? And this is what happened to the Roman Empire at one point. They basically got to the point that they're just conscripting a bunch of Germans into the Roman Empire and then, well, they trained all the people that uh, ultimately sacked the city. Yes. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> United States was set up to be New Rome by the uh, founders. We'll see. Well, and going back to my point, you know, there was a lot of general peaceful times under those 400 years of the Roman Empire. It was just on the edges you had the killing and stuff. So. Got a lot of good roads and aqueducts. <laughs> Indeed, there were a lot of them. No, oh, I thought you had more stuff. No, next next uh, subject. Oh well, my goodness. Let's be look at the show prep, and well, I need something that I think we can fit into this time slot. We're doing a little on air pre production, post production, production talk here. We're making the audience a part of the show. And if they could only speak and tell us what they wanted to hear, we would be responding to them. But instead, Let's do I need to be them. News of the week. I, not only am I the eyes of the audience... I am the editors of the audience. And so let's go to the something that isn't even in the documents that I prepared for show prep. How about who believes in God anymore? Because, you know, there are no atheists in foxholes. <laughs> there's your, there's your segue. segue. Yeah. Yes, I think so. Well... I was actually 
Okay, so, so what this is, this is a Gallup poll that came out, uh, I think, let's see, I think it might just be yesterday or today. Uh, where's the date on this? Well, anyway, uh, Dateline Washington, D.C., the percentage of Americans who believe in each of the five religious entities. Now, I was thinking I was going to see, like, you know, Krishna, Jesus, etc. But no, that's not what Gallup was polling. They were polling these five, their top five list of religious entities, gods, angels, heaven, hell, and the devil. Okay, that's interesting. Yes, because it also seems like you should have had demons there if you're going to have angels. Yes. I think that if you're believing in angels, you're likely on the demon uh, train, though. Uh, I don't know if that's a given, but we'll continue. I don't know if it's a given or not. Anyway, the the percentages for Americans, this is an American poll. We haven't gone into other outer regions of the the world. Have edged downward three to five percent since 2016. Still, majorities believe in all these things, ranging from a high of 74 percent to a uh, for God. He's still number one in Americans' minds. Uh, to lows of 59 percent for hell and 58 percent for the devil. So. One percent more people so more, believe in hell. Maybe they believe in hell is more of a libertarian place without a leader. <laughs> that one percent. Well, um, the Bible, as I understand it, uh, the purpose of hell was to have a place to put Satan, and I think that the uh, evidence that a loving and just God is going to send His uh, beloved children to uh, be tormented for all of eternity is unlikely. Um, you know, whether or not a bunch, uh, bunch of demons goes to hell or not is really pretty irrelevant to me in my life. Okay. So two thirds believed in heaven and angels. Okay. And what I've got this on a graph in front of me because I am the eyes of the audience. Uh, the graph starts in 2001 and finishes in 2023 with those numbers we just went over. So let me ask you, Mark. So it's 74% believe in God now, in, in Americans, yep. God-loving Americans. Uh, I, what do you think the percentage was in 2001? What was the percentage of belief in God? I'm going to say 60%. No, it's gone down, Mark. Oh, had to be higher than 74%. Okay. Um, I guess you're talking 80% then. 90%. Wow. Yeah, 90%. And that stayed steady through, uh, looks like, 2004, and then trended down to 86% in 2007. Now, remember, we have the, the housing crisis about this time. Uh-huh. So Hard there, to there may be then. a correlation there. <laughs> I don't know if it's causation. One of the more interesting lines here is the um, the spread between heaven and angels. So if you go to 2007, where we first started having you know some economic problems, there there was a let's see a 75, 81. There was a six percent spread difference between heaven and hell. I mean, excuse me, heaven and angels. Pardon me, heaven and angels. Let me be clear. Now, uh, since 2016, that number is almost the same. It was closer before 2007, but still there was a spread there. Now, with 
uh, hell and the devil, they've been flowing pretty much in line with each other with just minor, minor spreads between the people that believe in the devil and don't believe, uh, or believe in hell and don't believe in the devil. So heaven is plummeting, angels plummeting, hell and the devil. Trending. I would say trending. trending. Okay. I, plummeting would be much, much lower. I see. Now, if you go into church attendance, that's plummeting. <laughs> right. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll cover more uh, cultural, anthropologic, and anthropological uh, things as we, we get into this and, and much, much more. Uh, we may even cover some news in the next time. It's my plan. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and has implemented really cool features to ensure it is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. Work. I'm Henry Raines. And I'm Mark Edge. And I got to say it first. Indeed. Yes. Well, you're running the board tonight, so I don't see why you wouldn't. It's funny because back in the day, it used to seem like a board to me. Now it seems like a little square with some multiple yeah. laptop and a keyboard on the other side. And I don't know what some of this stuff is in this studio of the luxurious WWPR. 1490 AM. AM's coming back, Mark. <laughs> oh, this, I just saw that the... No, this may be anti-libertarian, or at least it's not in the spirit of libertarianism, but the government is leaning on the car manufacturers because, you know, a lot of the electronic vehicle manufacturers yep. were just going to not put AM radios in the car, and they said the federal government is like, hey, we need AM radio. I couldn't set it better myself. We need AM radio. We need we need especially need this room in this AM radio station. Well, there's a uh, what they're using as a ruse as cover for all this is you know those signs on the side of the road they're blue usually, and they've got you know in emergencies tune in to 1650 AM right. right. 
Yes. So all across the country, usually from the 1500s to the 1600s. Are we carried on 1650 AM? Um, we're probably on some 1650 uh, AM. Might be on a blue sign somewhere. <laughs> but those are the emergency, you know, part of the emergency system or whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called. But that system is used by the local government to get information out. So they use this old antiquated system and the feds are saying, "Nope, you can't do away with that. You got to you got to preserve AM because we're on there." So you got to have these cars with the AM. Well, older people realize the importance of AM radio. I don't know about Gen Z if they're really into it. I don't know if they could tune one in. Well, and by the way, I like uh, either iGen or Zoomers for that. I don't think a generation should be named after another generation. That seems wrong. There's a lot of things that are wrong. <laughs> every generation, every generation finds things wrong with the newer generation. Yeah, indeed they do. We don't take our trips on LSD. We don't burn our draft cards down on the No, we don't. Street. We like living right, being free. Good libertarian there. Yeah. We don't Merle. make party out of loving. We like holding hands and pitching. All right. We don't let our hair go long and shaggy. I, I have to stop this for, for a second. Because As a person who is, had this, long no, and shaggy no, no, hair? No, 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 no. No, in this modern world, the closed caption, you know, there's an automatic closed caption. It's not in the video uh-huh. that pops up on the screen. And it said, we like cold hands and, and something, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> it's like, right, even the modern closed caption doesn't have the values of Okie from Muskogee. But let me get to the chorus. Like the hippies out in San Francisco do. Skokie. Yeah. I, I don't know what this means, but I, I'm familiar with the song. You know what a square is. I know what a square you, is. You are one. Yeah, I'm pretty square. Just like you. Yeah. Well. White lightning still the biggest thrill of all. The most toxic drug that can buy. <laughs> <laughs> more, more destruction from uh, alcohol, alcohol than any it, other drug. Yeah, anything else. It's All true. Right. So that was uh, Merle Haggard, Okie from Muskogee, somewhere in probably around 1968-ish or something. You know, Mark, it seems like every generation, it's a generational thing in country music. Someone has a big hit by saying uh how bad these new values are how yep. how great the old values are let's get back to where we were uh or let's wave the red white and blue to me this is the definition of conservatism to some extent is is that they pick a uh, a person individually picks a period in time when things were better and they say you know if we could only do that then everything would be great uh, why you know why aren't we doing that again? And I've heard it over and over again. Music is certainly one of those places where and, people do it. And uh, you know you're you certainly have a right to sing it. You certainly have a right to listen to it. 
you it's but it is a sort of in the business uh they may, may maybe i don't want to say they don't believe what they're saying Although Merle Hager in later years said, well, man, I was doing a lot of drugs <laughs> and having sex. and uh, But I, I, I made a lot of money off this record. Yeah. Now, you can fast forward like 20, 25 years, and then you get something like this. Uh, My daddy served in the Army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he my mother. My brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live happy. This is post 9 11, as you might know. Toby Keith. is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Who'd they sucker punch? We did. USA. We lit up your world like a did you Gotta get to the chorus. Come on, Toby, bring it. There it is. Yeah. I, uh, it's a nice anthem. Um, I'll, get, I'll give it that. Um, and that's I have courtesy, never heard it before. Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue by Toby Keith. But it has, like like books and other things, or movies sometimes, they have a second name. I did not know this, because there's always just Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, whatever yeah. the course says. In parentheses, when I was recording this, it said, The Angry Man. The Angry Man. Huh. Yeah. Well... I think that there's there are a lot of people out there that are upset that uh, things aren't going the way they think they should in any given area. And then let's remember that the news and social media is designed to piss you off. Yes. Yeah. You're you're better off as far as they're concerned. And that is angry. That has always been the way. It's it has been a technique to get people to pay attention, but the real goal. Before the internet and before the engagement on the internet, it was to gather eardrums and eyeballs. Whether it was a newspaper, they wanted your eyes to look at the ad. Whether it was TV, your eyes to watch the show. Radio, for your ears to hear the commercials. And all the success, the money that you got was the measurement of how many of those things, how many eardrums, how many eyeballs we're watching the show, reading the advertisements, ears listening to the, the commercials. But now it's how many people engage? Yeah. How many people click? That's the, the measurement we use. So, And not many people click when they feel good about stuff. Interesting about the Merle Hagger. Now, you're older than I am uh, by like 13 years or something, did you say? Uh, chronologically, I'm older than you. Right. <laughs> and you may psychologically, have psychologically, I'm getting younger all the time. <laughs> you you may have some thoughts about the Merle Haggard song. To me, it's just an old song. And by the I, way, an Okie from Muskogee is an Oklahoman from Muskogee, Skokie, Oklahoma, and, and it's yeah. just basically saying, "I am a like a, the Ozarks. I'm from the uh, flyover country, and 
you know, that's uh, that's the good. That's the way to be. That's, that's what made America strong. And I like that song. The Toby Keith song I had never heard before. Really? Yeah. And I've got to say that I felt that sort of, you know, that welling of patriotism that uh, really? I, I, I felt it. You, you I, felt it's like some tingling? F- FA-18s flying over the, you know, the, the football stadium, flags and all and that stuff. The red, white, and blue? Got but it. I, uh, you know, I don't like anything that gives cover to the war machine. And there are a lot of people that make a lot of money dropping million-dollar bombs, and I think that's a low number. I think let's, let's call them $10 million bombs on $10 tents, and that make a lot of money from American veterans having their limbs well, blown off. They're dropping on $100,000 tanks now. Yeah, well. Russian uh, surplus, whatever that goes for, I guess. Hey, I've got a tank story, and I think that this is uh, worth sharing, because it... It's really sort of a funny thing. A friend of mine... Um, Let me just tease. Yeah. We are going somewhere with these music, but tell me your yeah. story. So the tank story is is that a friend of mine worked uh, for the military. You know, I get to hear a lot of these stories over time. Um, he was the quartermaster for a tank battalion. So he issued tanks and socks. Lots and, of logistics stuff. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. And he said, and every year they had an annual war game to, you know, keep everybody in practice and all that stuff, and all that makes sense. He said that when they entered the war game, one-third of their tanks were out of commission already. And when they left, two-thirds were out. That's one week worth of war game, and, you know, they were already a mess. I can only imagine. Now, Russia has more tanks than anybody uh, in, in the world, but... I can only imagine that these things are barely rolling at this point. Very few tanks are, are working. You know, that reminds me a little bit, because yeah, they're vehicles, right? Yep. I mean, and that's vehicles. why car dealerships, the profit center is the repair shop. <laughs> not, not so much the sales. The margins go shrink on the sales, but the, the pro- bigger profit margins is in the repair shop. Well, I think cars are probably a lot more reliable than tanks. Um, tanks aren't, are made to be, you know, to have very bad things happen to them. So, you know, they're not always going to run after those things happen. But as far as this goes, um, Patriotic country songs. Yeah, I've got to say that the uh, the patriotic, I, all these things are fine, right? It's art. To me, the Oki from uh, Muskoki thing is is art, right? It's talking about, um, you know, it's it's Whistler's mother, um, you know, this kind of thing. It just speaks well, to a time we've in America. We've got a new patriotic, well, not so much patriotic, but a country song that uh, is pro-traditional values, pro-small town. There's another one by Waylon, uh, by uh, uh, Charlie Daniel, Daniels Jr. And it's like, uh, we say sir and we say ma'am. Uh, if you don't like the by way By the way, Charlie it. Daniels, uh, he's passed, hasn't he? I don't know these people. I'm sorry. I, is, is, is there a, a junior now that's out there? What, what, what is, what's the um, Hank Williams Jr.? Excuse me. Oh, okay. Pardon me. Um, right. I, I don't well, know. this one has hit the controversy... Uh, the viral controversy now. This one has been kicked off country music television. Okay. Now, we're going to play a little bit. And of let's this not forget a couple, about uh, 15 years ago, they kicked the Dixie Chicks uh, off, like lots of but radio stations. For unpatriotic. To, for refusing uh, to uh, you know, be sufficiently be, patriotic. Uh, or, and being anti-Iraq war. Yeah, and Republican. Um, and being anti-Toby Keith. They, that, they? that was the same That's time as the off. song we just played. Toby Keith was feuding with the Dixie Chicks. Oh, okay. Um, 
and then they, I think they came out with a song, F-U-T-K. Okay. Um, and I didn't spell the word you think. It's F-U-Toby yeah. F- Keith. And, yes. Uh, but anyway, this is from Jason Aldean. It's called Try That in a Small Town. Um, and we'll, we're going to play up to the chorus. This is this is big news, really. This is all over social media. This is getting engagement on social media. Yep. So I've seen it. You've seen the video. I've seen the engagement. I. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you're not. For those of us, those of you listening, you won't see the video now. But as I said, we're your eyes. Somebody on the sidewalk Carjacking old lady at a red light Pull a gun on the owner of the liquor store You think it's cool, act the fool if you like Cuss out a cop, spit in his face Now, as, as you're seeing this, you would see a woman spitting in a uh, soldier's face uh-huh. Or a law enforcement officer's face And... You would see a carjacking happen. You're seeing scenes of rioting in the streets, like uh, the Black Lives Matters movement. Those some of the riots that were oh, I'm uh, very familiar uh, yes. along those, and also like the Portland riots, which I think that branched out to more than just uh, the civil rights and police brutality. That was like a down with the system kind of riot towards the later later movements. There, uh, we got a little bit more before we hit to the main part here. Stop on the flag and light it up Yeah, you think it's tough but Try that in a small town See how far you make it down the road Around here we take care of our own You cross that line, it won't take long For you to find out, I recommend you don't all right, try that in a small town. Yep. That, that's by Jason Aldean. Uh, no stranger to controversy. In fact, it even has gotten the attention of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And let me, I'm sort of putting the cart before the horse here, but. Governor DeSantis had this to say about the controversy. We're going to fill you in on the controversy. We're going to talk about this. But just to get to the point where uh, it's like you can't do anything and Governor DeSantis doesn't find a way to pander to the uh, to his potential voters. Florida Governor GOP presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis reacted to the controversy surrounding country artist Jason Aldean's latest music video, for his song, Try That in a Small Town. In an interview on Fox & Friends, DeSantis called for, quote, a restoration of sanity to this country. Here's the quote. We need to restore sanity to this country. I mean, what is going on? <laughs> that, that would be something. That, that would be censored. I, I, I missed the whole, uh, I think, accent on that sentence. I mean, what is going on? <laughs> that, that, that would be something that, that that would be censored. I mean, give me a break. We're off the rocker here in the United States with a lot of this stuff, with cancel culture, with big tech censorship, with a lot of stuff that the federal government's doing, policing so-called misinformation. We need to get back on kilter. 
and start having a free society and get embracing truth. So I think it's part and parcel of a lot of the nonsense we've seen over the last many years. So that was Governor DeSantis getting his 15 seconds of TV time off Jason Aldean's controversy. So what is the actual controversy here? And, well, I'm glad you asked because uh, uh, country music television is no longer airing. Oh, let me ask you this first, Mark, and then the audience can ask themselves too and go ahead and and just get up close to your radio speaker and and we'll hear what you're saying about it to (laughs) us. Uh, Most most hosts won't tell you that, but actually – Speakers work both ways. <laughs> oh, God, don't, don't give anybody these ideas. <laughs> and actually, there's little cameras in there now, too. So send us your favorite pictures also. Uh, I shudder to think what but, we'd but look we at. But we played Okie from Muskogee. Yeah. We say, played Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. Yep. And now we played Try It in a Small Town, which is sort of like, um, you know, you might see a bumper sticker like, F around and find out. It's yep. sort of that attitude to it. You know, well, and I think that it's an accurate statement um, when it comes to sort of uh, many of the protests that have uh, happened in the last five years here in this country would not fly in middle America and that there would be some uh, lashback and things wouldn't go particularly well. Um, I think that's an accurate statement. I also think think in of a small town, especially yeah, Westmoreland, New Hampshire, where I lived for ten years. They, um, you know, they had almost no burglaries, and almost every house had a gun. And I suspect that these two pieces of information were related. Also, the the density of the population will have something to do with that too. The, the people that were robbing houses in Keene weren't very far. Oh, okay. That's, so they, you know, I I think that. Uh, I think that guns can deter people. Bunch from- of drug, addict, drug addicts in Keene, maybe? Of course there are. Okay. All right. yeah. Anyway, because I know like places uh, in Appalachia where had had crime waves, too, when meth came into the communities and stuff. But go ahead. Make your, um, I just think your- that uh, you know gun ownership right. drives and, down burglaries. And uh, so the... Let me, as I said, country music television has taken this off the air. The TV network pulled the video from the rotation, a spokesperson uh, confirmed to USA Today. The network stopped showing the music video after Aldine, who, by the way, survived a mass shooting while he performed in 2017, faced backlash for the song, which many perceived as being in favor of gun violence and lynching. Now, as we go through this and get a little bit more background, um, which we're going to have to complete on the other side sure. of this, but I'll, we'll get as far as we can on this. Uh, that was the 2017 shooting in Las Vegas. Remember, right. I think 60 people. The, it was, it was the largest number. in the United States, um, the bump stock guy. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Uh, viewers also, so you're, you got to think, he, he, does, he must take violence seriously. He must be, no, just to the horrificness of it. It's a, why would he be behind lynchings or why would he even get near any kind of impression of, of that kind of uh, vigilanteism and stuff? Um, of course, maybe by the office side, if you saw a crazy person shooting from a window, you'd like a vigilante nearby. Good guy, Good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun, right? Uh, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> sometimes they shoot other people by mistake <laughs> they viewers do, they also, do. also noted that scenes in the video were shot this is where the rub comes were shot at the Maury County Courthouse in Columbia, Tennessee where a black man named Henry Choate 
18 years old, was lynched in 1927. It's also the site where the infamous Columbia race riot was uh, occurred in 1946, where residents and law enforcement officers ransacked black neighborhoods and uh, fired uh, wantonly into into homes, whether there were people in there or not. See why you need uh, an AR-15 at the house? Because sometimes people will just come through your neighborhood shooting. Uh, I I haven't taken a stand on that. <laughs> uh, Anyway, he released the try that in a small town in May. So he released the video now. The song already had gotten its momentum, and the song I'll I'll give him this on the audio. It just seems like another uh, sort of and that macho, the, yeah. uh, old value time country song. Let's find out more about this on the other side when uh, we find out more about Jason Aldean and his wife and some other stuff. Welcome back to Reigns and Edge here on the Free Talk Live Network. It's Mark Edge with you. Henry Reigns. I do appreciate you letting me do an intro here by the end of it. Henry, yeah, it's only fair. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You make a contribution. <laughs> so we're talking about this. To the uh, R&E. What is the R&E? Reigns and Edge. Reigns and Edge. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't gotten that far with the it. The R&E movement, actually. That's right. We have to come up with our listeners. You know, what are what are they? Edgers? We don't have any social media. Rainsies. No, we have nothing like that. It would be nice if they all the great info that we put out, if they could come somewhere and see the source material, not have to take our... We have, uh, of course, Facebook, and uh, we have all kinds of social media that you can have access to and post all that stuff if you'd like. Oh, there you go. Well, that sounds like work. Yeah, um, it's uh, social.freetalklive.com. We'll wait till the R&E movement yeah, picks gets up a little, little momentum, and then we can like, give it a push down the snowball hill. <laughs> Indeed. Up there in New Hampshire. I hear they have snow up there. Oh, yes, they do. They have uh, way too much. I, I, I can remember using, going out to my outdoor wood boiler and having snow up to my hips. Had to uh, shovel out a little path. Yeah, it's, uh, that's not nice. That's what I hate the most about it. It's not the cold, because you can always put them more close. It's the snow and slipping on ice and all that stuff. Stinks. So, uh, Jason Aldean. Yes. We were talking about that. We were talking about the fact that he was, his video, Try That in a Small Town, was removed from country music television because people wanted to make the point uh, that it was, you know, like glorifying lynching or... Or sundown towns, things like that. Uh, we had just said that one of the things that had happened, that we, uh, and I, I said, frankly, I just thought the lyrics, because the song itself came out in May. And, uh, heard and, on not, wherever you hear music these to days. To an insufficient amount of acclaim. Well, no, I think it, it, he's a well followed performer, and okay. he's got a, he, he does well for himself. And, well, uh, he's got I've a got to ask, too. 
why somebody would think it was a good idea to film this music video. He didn't pick the site. He didn't pick the site. No, the production company picked the site. And they said lots of people shoot video and stuff at this. It's very picturesque. This particular courthouse. Yes, the one where the Henry Choate was how many court? How many courthouses are there in America? Uh, there's lots. Thousands. More than 10, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this one, well, actually, I imagine people have probably been lynched at the Brayton and Manatee County Courthouse, too. I, it's I, not famous I, for that. It's not famous for that? No. No, I don't think it's it is. It's not famous. <laughs> well, it actually it was when the, the Confederate monument was uh, removed. Okay. Actually, we, it got famous also when the current county commission wanted to vote to put the Confederate monument back up. Yeah. Which was uh, pushing the issue a little bit too much even for one or two of the, the newly elected uh more right-wing conservatives. They're well, who like, paid for it? Uh, the Daughters of the Confederacy. And do they have a uh, local clubhouse or something? I don't know. They should have it there. A lot of the Daughters of the Confederacy aren't... Uh, nobody wanted it. Yeah. And that was why we, we would have been the first community to put back up a Confederate monument. <laughs> 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 and so, uh, um, but anyway, this is also... Not only did they have the lynching in 1927, the Columbia race riot... Uh, happened uh, in that Columbia, Tennessee, that 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 Columbia, and that was uh, where lots of shooting and shooting into black houses, ransacking them. Now there were police officers that were shot, and that's when the state troopers were called in uh, shoot the people. And that shot then the they people. really went to to town, as you will. Yeah. But anyway, we're so, talking about Jason Aldean. Yeah. Mostly the the problem here isn't the song itself; it's the location at which the and a lot of the videos were, like I said, of the in the previous yeah. um, half of the show is that the you know a lot of Black Lives Matter the typical video that gets people angry and fired up, which you know can you can say rightfully so. Nobody likes to see. Windows being broken and stores being... People destroying their own cities. people being hurt. Uh, But it also is one of the go-to images when they're trying to get people angry and fired up. And go ahead and finish your point. I I have a point about it. I I think that it's just... It is rather on the nose, the whole idea that we're going to choose this courthouse. Now... I can go ahead and believe, if I choose to, that uh, Jason Aldean uh, did not pick this particular courthouse. Especially if he never had a history of controversy and getting people riled up. Right, right. Uh, but, in, but he does. And I don't know. It seems unlikely that of the thousands of uh, courthouses in America that we would pick this particular one. Um, you know, I mean, he's what? He's from Nashville, right? Why did we pick the Nashville courthouse? Well, we have some... Uh and, and I think some of the criticism from a couple of these that I'm going to read, they're, they're over the top, too. And I understand why, if you don't know the background of the courthouse, why they're going to seem over the top to yep. you. Uh, Shannon Watts is the founder of Gun Violence Advocacy. I think it would be anti-gun violence advocacy. Yeah. Moms Demand Action. An ode to a sundown town, suggesting people be beaten or shot for expressing free speech. It also insinuates that the guns are being confiscated the penalty for which is apparently death. I don't really see any of that when you look at the video 
But the sundown town part, we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, Cheryl Crow, the singer. I'm from a small town. Even people in small town are sick of violence. There's nothing small town or American about promoting violence. You should know better than anyone uh, having survived a mass shooting. This is not American small town. Well, I don't know so much about that. Uh, Representative Justin Jones, I'm guessing a Democrat, as Tennessee lawmakers, we have an obligation to condemn Jason Aldean's heinous song called for racist violence. Didn't, it's not calling for racist violence. What a shameful vision of gun extremism and vigilanteism. So everybody is using this. I'm not even going to sure. finish the quote. To, 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 to use all these people are using a dog whistle to fire up their base and get them. Just like DeSantis did when he was uh, right. basically saying, and, this and is ridiculous. What I would want to say, when you have that courthouse, most people that are going to get angry and agitated aren't going to know about that. They're going to think it's just at what it is at face value. People acting out, people doing bad things, and, and we're not going to stand for it, and they're going to get what's coming to them, especially if you live in a small town. But the fraction of the people, because we really do have uh, a resurgence in uh, anti-Semitism, in uh, racism, and white supremacy, movements in the country they know what it is well, and it's call, a dog whistle to them i think that in part that's because um people have created that on the other the side dogs can hear the whistle and i don't know how many of these are fbi agents mind you um that are say, say what yeah how many of these uh, organizations that are going in patriot front and these sorts of things are actually just uh you know the uh, the fbi well, or some well, now, kind of police or going agency back to the 60s and earlier Pretty much from that, that there is a a history of informants and agents, either non-employed uh, agents that are just informants or agents being instigators. COINTELPRO in the 60s with the Black Panther movement, some of the other anti-war movements. Yes, I understand that, and I understand that can be happening now, too, but I don't think when you... You know, it's not when you see a hundred Patriot Front guys marching down the street in Boston, it's not a hundred agents. Right. And I think that what happens, I don't know. I don't know. And um, but I'm pretty sure they be there without the agents like every terrorist attack since 9-11 has been FBI funded and planned and to whatever level carried out. That's too blanket a statement. I, I, I every terrorist has been funded. Okay, every every I will give you that it seems like every time someone is arrested for that, okay, there is uh, entrapment involved or something that approaches entrapment involved. Uh, that seems to be the people. Good, that I'll catch. take it. Okay, <laughs> um, the. And another thing is, is that if you call people racist enough, NPR was happy to call the January 6th stuff white supremacy. Um, Who was? NPR. And they did it over and over again. And I don't know if it's white supremacy or just people unhappy with their government. And there's a lot of that going around. Insurrection. Fine. Um, you know, it's, it was unauthorized uh, tour of uh, of the Capitol building. Whatever. I mean, they were letting them in. <laughs> attempted overthrow of the election. Okay, good. Overturning of the election. <laughs> it's it's funny in a country that uh, you know overturned a few uh, elections themselves with violence that uh, somehow this is a big deal. That's but what whatever. they say in South America, I guess. Yeah, they, indeed they do. Um, so if you call people racist enough, 
some of them are just going to be racist. They're going to be like, yep, you know what? I am whatever is not you. And you're going to create that. Now, I'm not trying to make excuses for it. You should think about issues logically. But I'm afraid the vast majority of people don't. They make uh, sort of, you know, group, uh, their in-group, out-group uh, assumptions and, and things like that. And that's just how most you're humans think. you a case that we should be well-educated about the matter. I think we should think logically and, uh, you know, be educated, sure. I mean... Know if, history. What's that? Know the history. Yep, I think you should know the history. Right, which is what we're doing in Florida. Okay. Thanks to our great governor and legislature in Tallahassee, because they just passed another law. We, no, no, it wasn't insurance reform. <laughs> uh, homeowners insurance. They're still God, leaving our state. That. <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's not that. Uh, and I don't know. I, I'd love to hear what your solution to, because you, you know better than anybody. We have the highest inflation in the country right now in Florida. Because of insurance? No, because of everything. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. What would you like to hear from me? I would like to hear at some point, not today's show necessarily, but I would like to hear about why insurance rates are so, so high and why insurance companies are pulling out of and canceling longtime uh, customers. Because they can't make money. Right. Uh, but it's because, presumably, uh, the insurance administration is still around in uh, Florida, and they must have rules that make it so they can't make money. Well, we've been having our share of reform on insurance, but we'll, uh, right, you're right. We need to do that another time. Yep. And probably, I would imagine that you know some firsthand stuff about trying to get insurance in Florida. No, I, my house Sorry. doesn't have uh, flooding insurance. Well, you got homeowners insurance, don't you? Yeah, something like if, you know, you bump it, uh, right. somebody bumps it. All right. Toe. Well, anyway, back to education. Yeah. Uh, boy, I wish we could talk about new, we may get to a, a little, Quick piece on New College before the end of this, too, because oh. you're familiar with New College. Oh, you? yeah, and I probably disagree with you. <laughs> you think they're going to have a good sports program? No. <laughs> okay, we're in agreement. Uh, on Wednesday, that's this week, uh, the Florida Board of Education approved African-American history standards that received immediate backlash for avoiding. This is a national story. This is a local story. Backlash for avoiding many elements of slavery and even suggesting it was in some ways beneficial to African-Americans. Uh, the Florida statute, uh, a 1994 Florida statute, inspired by efforts to bury the state's uh, 1923 Rosewood Massacre requires schools to teach African-American history. So Rosewood was a community that was leveled and, and everyone uh, was either uh, forcibly uh, forced to leave because of the massacre that was going on right. or they got massacred. And it's worth pointing out that Florida has a, a pretty high black population. And the reason being right. is, is it was the place where slaves escaped to. Well, and right here point. in Manatee County is... People are going to love to come to Manatee County. We're, we, sh we should get sponsored by the tourist department here. Uh, <laughs> Anna Maria Island, where the three small communities are, then the big tourist attraction here, up until 1968 was a sundown community. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Black, black people could not. Yeah, they had signs on the bridges. <laughs> well, that was before I was born. Yes. You, you aren't responsible for that. Anyway, uh, saying, trying to parse that sentence again so that it actually makes sense. A 1994 Florida statute inspired by efforts to... So, in other words, people were trying to cover up the Rosewood Massacre, so they made a law that said you had to teach African-American history so people would know the true history of things that happened. However, as part of his so-called, quote, war on woke, 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has worked to weaken the statute through legislation that restricts certain conversations regarding race in the schools. This includes a mandate that students not feel guilt over past actions of people of the same race. I like it. Whenever we try and legislate feelings, that's... That's always uh, success. <laughs> well, I do think that it's absolutely ridiculous when it's uh, when you know the the idea is is that somehow I did something based on somebody's interpretation of my ethnicity. Well, if that's what they're teaching, then yes, that that you should feel guilty. There are uh, certainly people out there that feel that way. Well, that that's their feelings, but that's that's a question of whether they're being taught that or whether that's just their mis misdirected feeling. Well, they got it from somewhere. Well, let's finish this, the, the law here. Tell the people what the new curriculum standards highlight the historical accomplishment of African Americans, but much less regarding their struggles. Critics say tells only half of the story. The most controversial element of the curriculum regarded a benchmark for middle school, which reads as follows. Uh, clarification one. Instruction includes how slaves develop skills, which in some instances should be, could be applied for their personal benefit. I'm sure that's As true. As in getting, being fed by their their owner. Uh, <laughs> well, they were probably cooking the food that where they were being fed. Paul Burns, chancellor of the K through twelve uh, schools, who is himself black, defended the standards while denying they present slavery as beneficial. Burns claimed that they were factual, objective standards that really teach the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, he may he may feel that way, whether his feelings are represent the truth or not. It depends. Uh, we'll let other people decide how they feel about that. But what I, what we do know is that the idea that the slave owners benefited the underprivileged, the less advanced slave is a trope that was perpetrated over and over again throughout slavery and into Jim Crow South and other places that... You know, we just you just got to be patient. We're helping them. In in the Philippines, when we invaded the Philippines, United States government. Uh yes, there there was a, a stewardship that we were doing. We were helping the the Filipinos advance to the state that they could govern themselves. We just had to be there, you know, 100 years or something to help them do that. So, now they, here's what I'll say if it's actually carried out this is something good that people are criticizing. Um, they're they're criticizing this as, uh, you know, a false equivalence, because what the curriculum requires is that slavery throughout the ages be taught, and if if that were if that were done, and it was so that you didn't talk about the the great slavery. Uh, tragedy of the United States, then that would be wrong. But if you actually taught it, you know, you could talk about how the Vikings raided the uh, northern European communities and sold the slaves, uh, their captives down into the Middle East. Or you could talk about other uh, aspects of slavery. I think it would be great for children to know about man's inhumanity to man and be taught that uh, let them feel that those were not good ideas. Let them come to actual thoughts that those were not it. I think that's a great idea. Um, I'm for it. I'd say basically since the agricultural revolution, slavery has been the state of man. That, um, in fact, the vast majority 
of people who have lived since the agricultural revolution have been in some form of slavery. Now, um, you know, the, the sort of modern one where you have to give the fruits of your labor to uh, shiftless politicians who, uh, you know, come up with their arbitrary rules on how to reward their friends and punish their enemies. Well, that's uh, yeah, at least you can go live where you want to live. And it's one of the reasons I left the U.S. is because. How is that not just corruption and graft? How is that slavery? Well, I think that slavery can be defined as having some key points. Right. One of those key points is the redistribution of the fruits of someone's labor to somebody who didn't do it. Right. Um, who didn't uh, who doesn't deserve it. He didn't earn the fruits of those labor. That would be the slave owner or the politician. That the political system that we have today is brought down to us through a serf and uh, lord system. I would suggest that that was the exploitation of labor, what you just described, and slavery is the forceful labor under threat of violence. Sure. When it comes to slavery, you must work, and you don't have to work today. You can choose not to. Um, and another feature of slavery is is you mayn't move. You cannot leave and go someplace else. And you can leave and go someplace else. But if you choose to be here in the United States, you will give those people uh, you know, something like 40% of the fruits of your labor. Yes, you're yeah. appropriating value from yes. that. That's well, you're, you're giving it to yourself, really, because we are the people and we govern ourselves. <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> I, don't see that. I don't think there's much evidence for it either. Oh, well, there's so much that we've barely scratched the surface. I remember the previous show, which which was the, our last show was the best Reigns and Edge show, Edge and Reigns, ever. Edgington Post ever. Because it was the first. And But I do think um, this has covered a lot more ground at a much quicker pace than last week. Yeah, I want to apologize for the audio uh, from last week. I was in Central America, and I didn't uh, didn't have the greatest connection. We're trying to work these things out here. It should be great doing audio. Doing research for this week's show. That's right, doing research. Well, and... And also, we've, we haven't even gotten, you brought your, your story, we haven't even gotten to half of the show prep that I had done, those things that I wanted to talk about, and the audience should be so glad about that. <laughs> no, I think that they, uh, I think they love the new take on things. There, uh, there will be new, new things and to talk about next week. And send, uh, your, send your email reviews, whatever it is you, you, your thoughts are, to mark at freetalklive.com. That's M-A-R-K yes. at freetalklive.com. I'll share them with Henry. Um, you know, if you don't and, like that he's liberal, he, well, tough luck. Or right, for that matter. And what's that? Not I did not right wing. I just or that I'm right. Uh, just right, <laughs> not right wing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. He will share the ones for that. My feelings won't be too traumatized by. Well, I think that when the the instances, well, here's a little uh, management coaching for those out there that need it, is that if I get a uh, customer feedback, listener feedback from somebody who doesn't have a cogent point, I don't share it. If they, um, you know, they're just cussing and saying, I don't like them, kick them off the air, whoever it might be. I don't share it because they haven't taken the time to tell me why. And you're just angry. And, you know, if you want to vent to me, fine. I'll be your, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be your 
So how many of those were there? None. Um, but I mean, I've had that in the past. I oh. get a lot with Aria. Um, Aria is a trans woman, and there's a lot of she's mentally ill. Okay, well, if I you know go digging in the uh, libertarian uh, archives here, I'm going to find a lot of mentally ill people. You know, it's just the way it is. Um, you know, she describes trans, uh, excuse me, uh, gender dysphoria as a mental condition. She doesn't back away from this. It is mental, and it is a condition. Fine. It could be a neurological condition, too, or a biological condition. But I, anyway, I, yeah. I won't argue that with her. So. Well, in her case, uh, she, her claim is, is that living trans is the treatment for... So constructive suggestions yeah, I'd love that. are welcome. Yeah, sure. We, we, and, and we'll work on having a bigger social media... Pre- we, we, we will... Mark is trying to go viral today, but we'll, uh, we'll work on going viral together... <laughs> You can, right, I, I am a little sick. Um, I'd be happy to, we may read em- emails on the air, which is something we haven't done in a long time on Free Talk Live. I, or even on Reigns and Edge. That's right. On the Free Talk Live network. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll get a surprise for you next week. Something's coming. Okay. Something's coming. I want to hear about the insurance thing in, in Manatee County. Oh, that's so boring. Well... We can talk about it off. We'll talk about pro wrestling. We'll talk about what happens in the showers and the locker rooms. (laughs) Oh, God. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.